0: Hey, how you doing? And welcome to Two Bald Men and Friend, the show where we talk about issues and ideas using pop culture as the springboard. I'm your host, Joe, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Alex. Adrian! And today we are joined by our friend, Joe. Hey, guys. Today we're talking about Creed 2 and New Year's resolutions. So spoiler alert for Creed and Creed 2. Sit back, relax, or if you're driving, please sit upright and continue to drive vigilantly. So Joe, before we get started on the movie and New Year's resolutions, do you think you could give us a little bit about yourself?
1: Yes, uh, so I'm an owner of a gym, Rapid Fire Fitness, uh, but before that I was doing personal training and strength and conditioning, and that's kind of my area of expertise is working with athletes. Um, so personal training, group training, uh, nutrition, diet plans, all that sort of Awesome. We
0: got an expert for you guys.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I uh, am a member of Rapid Fire Fitness, and boy, have I seen the differences in my (laughs) physique. I am so strong now. So I can attest to how good of a job Joe is as a trainer.
0: So, Joe, um, do you think you can give us a little summary of Creed Two?
1: Yeah, so if you're familiar with Creed One, you know, picks up with Adonis Creed, heavyweight boxer... He's challenging for the heavyweight title. Uh, I believe the guy, Danny Wheeler, is a champ. So he fights for the title. He beats Danny Wheeler, becomes heavyweight champ. He's got Rocky Balboa as his trainer. And uh, it's kind of a throwback to the Rocky movies with Ivan Drago. Um, His son is in that as well. So Ivan Drago's son, Victor, now wants to challenge Adonis Creed. So we kind of have a rematch of the sons, Creed versus Drago like we did 20 years ago, 30 years ago, whatever that was, you know, you know, where Apollo Creed died. So, And that's basically the stories around the two sons now and the
2: elder Rocky in his 70s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was very surprised at how early they fought. <laughs> I turned to okay. Joe and I was like, whoa, this is a really short movie. <laughs> They're already fighting. <laughs> so obviously there was like, okay, so Creed's going to lose this one so that there's a rematch. But it was still... Uh, it still, I guess, kept me at the edge of my seat because there was that aspect of he was definitely losing and would have lost, but then Drago was disqualified for hitting him while he was down. And I thought that was like a nice reason to have a rematch. Like it motivated Mm -hmm. both of them to say we need that rematch.
0: Yeah. I liked how, even though Drago is getting all this popularity after he, um, technically loses to Creed, but like obviously would have normally won. And they're like, man, you've won 15 fights in a row. How does it feel? And he's like, I don't care. I want to beat Creed. Mm -hmm. And it's just, I agree. It's just a very cool reason to have both parties want a rematch.
1: I think it was a little bit more realistic to boxing than, like, Mm -hmm. the old Rocky movies where, you know, like, you could fight for 30 seconds after the bell would ring, you know, (laughs) in the old Rocky movies, and how they would box with their hands by their side. You know, this was a little bit more realistic.
2: Yeah, I know very little about boxing. I do know that the reason that they hug is to is for sportsmanship, right? That's what, uh, <laughs> or, yeah. or or to rest. I, it's one of those things. That's <laughs> no, for sportsmanship. Yeah. <laughs> um, what I don't know about boxing is how much of a weight class difference can there be in terms of being comfortable with a fight to occur? Because Drago was so much bigger. Then Michael B. Jordan. So <laughs> I'm pretty sure in Creed One they
0: specifically say that he's a light heavyweight, which is I want to say it up a, up to like eighty hundred and eighty-five pounds or something like that. This one they're heavyweights. So there's no weight limit. So if you're over two hundred pounds, you're just in the same weight class. Yeah, I think it's somewhere around that two hundred to two ten
1: mark yeah. is the difference between light heavyweight and heavyweight. And that was kind of my only gripe with the movie. Mm-hmm. He was like 180 pounds. Yeah, you know? he was like six inches
0: shorter. You know, it yeah, a huge um, difference. I didn't notice in the trailers, but Alex, before we went and saw the movie, you were like, "Yeah, uh, Michael B. Jordan looks like a lot bigger in this one." And I was like, "Oh, I didn't really notice, but I guess that makes sense." And then the first scene, I was like, "Oh, he's substantially bigger." <laughs>
2: Yeah, I'd say for me, a big part of enjoying the movie was seeing Michael B. Jordan shirtless for at least 50% of it. Yeah. Uh, he was. There was a lot of close-ups, a lot of like, this is my back muscle, mm-hmm. and um, I was pretty into it. Yeah. Um,
0: similarly, I was into um, Ivan Drago's son, Victor Drago. He was as big as like a bookshelf. <laughs> oh my god, it was... Yeah.
2: I will say that Drago. I think he was an actual boxer. Like the mm-hmm. actor was an actual boxer, but he did a really good job with like his stoic uh, staring off into the distance and being sad about his family not actually loving him. A lot of the movie was close-ups of faces and close-ups of muscles. Mm-hmm. But wh- acting is really difficult. When, when it's so much close-ups of faces because you need like very specific and particular facial expressions to to really tell a story because it's not in your action and I think Drago did a, a good job with that.
0: Yeah he was fantastic like you said with all those like facial expressions like you could tell what he was thinking and feeling I, I like Creed two I like Creed one but the problem I have with both of these movies is that Creed is fighting a more interesting movie. Like, I would have much rather watched Victor Drago's movie, because he had, like, a really interesting story where his dad lost to Rocky, and so um, and, like he was, like, a Soviet boxer, so the Soviet Union was pretty much like, get out of our country. So he was, like, exiled, and so he has just been grooming his son to one day get them back in the good graces of... Russian boxing then it's like or you know Creed is cool too. <laughs> Creed is fighting his own inner demons I yeah. guess. <laughs> I love to see like that 30
1: year gap kind of like what mm-hmm. you're talking about because they kind of allude to that too because you don't know that at the end of Rocky Four, and you just don't see Drago again. Mm-hmm. So I think that's pretty cool.
2: Yeah I was overall I didn't okay in general mm-hmm. I don't really like sports movies. Mm-hmm. I think they're Lame to say the least because they all have the same theme of like teamwork or perseverance and that's all you see Recycled over and over again Um, But if I'm comparing Creed 1 and Creed 2, I would say I enjoyed Creed 2 more um, But still would only give it like a B B minus I am a sucker for fighting though so like I easily get sucked in when like the fighting is intense um and i start sweating a little bit and i'm like oh my gosh oh my gosh yeah. yeah and i think
0: i think that's fair but also like what they're going for i think that's why most sports movies have that perseverance um message because that's what you learn from playing sports but also it's like a mission impossible movie the plot is consequential you're there to see tom cruise jump out of an airplane
2: <laughs> yeah that's true
0: but yeah, I would also I would agree. Um, I like Creed two better than Creed one. Um, I'd give Creed one probably a B minus, and then Creed two I'd probably do a B plus. But I'm willing to admit I think I'm more invested in the Rocky franchise than you are, and Rocky four is my favorite. So to see this like sort of spiritual sequel to Rocky four. It was like really cool when Creed was announced. I was like, "Oh, that's cool. Maybe I'll see that." When Creed Two was announced, and the trailer has this ending shot of like, "Oh, who's he gonna fight?" and he turns around, and his robe says Drago. I was like, "Oh, hell yeah! I'm gonna go see that movie."
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I agree with you on that. Yeah. I mean, I also I like Creed. Um, probably not as much as you guys. Mm-hmm. I would probably give it a C plus uh, Creed Two, probably about a B plus, A minus, maybe. I liked it a lot, yeah, um, I'm a big fan of sports movies. This is up there, one of my top ones, I'd say mm-hmm. um but I again, with the whole Drago thing, I think that that was huge, way bigger than any you know storyline they could have had in the first creed, yeah,
0: definitely, yeah, watching Creed two i like narratively, I understood why we have Creed One, but watching Creed Two, I was like, this could have just been the movie, like you could have just had Creed be. Creed vs. Drago, and I would have been about it. Like this (laughs) could have been the only Creed movie we got, and I would have been (laughs) fine. Um, But I understand there's a lot of like catching
2: up you have to do (laughs) to get to that point. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um I'll say that in Creed 1, there were too many montages. Like and I'm and I'm not completely sure why they like he only had two fights in Creed 1, but there were like four montages. And I didn't fully understand, like, I get that the training part isn't that exciting and so you, like, want to skip over it, but I think in Creed 2 they did a much better job with the montages because Mm -hmm. they were cooler. Um, In his first fight, he was, like, training underwater and that was pretty fun. And in the second fight, they go old school, send Mm -hmm. him down to uh, Mexico, or where do they go? Somewhere in the desert. Somewhere, yeah. Just somewhere in the desert. (laughs) um and he's like fighting i guess like ex-cons who are rehabilitating (laughs) themselves and i'm like okay i'm into it i'm willing to
0: invest in this yeah it was sort of uh i guess a mirroring again of the rocky 4 montage so ivan drago's in this like high-tech sci-fi boxing gym and then rocky's like in the russian wilderness like lifting logs and stuff so i (laughs) thought that was a nice parallel Again, gushing over Victor Drago. He does like a burpee. So he goes from a push-up position, jumps into the air, whips these two giant ropes, and then lands on his feet and starts whipping them again. And I had just literally never seen that done. That
2: wasn't Michael B. Jordan that did that? No, No. that was
0: Ivan Drago. Oh, okay. Michael B. Jordan wishes.
2: (laughs) (laughs) What if he's listening?
0: Michael B. Jordan was the one, the underwater training. Got it, got it. Okay. Yeah,
1: I do have to say I appreciate the the training aspects a little Mm -hmm. bit more in Creed two than any of the other movies. I mean, you got Rocky punching, you know, hanging raw meat (laughs) around upstairs.
2: Yeah, I'll I always point this out that Rocky didn't actually train with like a trainer until Rocky Mm three. It took him three movies to be like, maybe I should get in shape. maybe (laughs) I should learn techniques. Like, (laughs) so that's interesting.
0: Mm Yeah, I I feel like Rocky montages, and I'm a little out of practice on them, so forgive me, listeners, but I feel like the Rocky montages are like, okay, Rocky punches hard, okay, Rocky's running, and that's about it. But then Creed, it's like, yeah, Creed's working on his delts, he's doing
2: trap exercises, he's working on his conditioning underwater. Um, I'll also point out that at the very beginning of Creed one or not very beginning, skipping over his juvie time, but in Creed one, he's going into gyms asking for training. That's like the first thing he does as an adult is like, all right, I actually want to be trained now that I've like fought in Mexico for a little while. Um, and I found it to be an interesting choice to portray Michael B. Jordan as the arrogant boxer because he like goes into the ring and is like watch I can take these guys on and then he gets defeated pretty easily in the in the second person that he fights and I feel like they're trying to portray Michael B Jordan as arrogant but he was in the gym because he wanted to be trained because he knew he wasn't the best so to me it was an interesting choice to be like look I'm arrogant but I want to be trained because I'm not arrogant and I know I'm not the best but I don't know it was iffy um, to
0: play, I guess, devil's advocate, um, Michael B. Jordan's advocate, um, not that Michael B. Jordan's the devil, Michael, I love you, <laughs> I've loved you ever since Friday Night Lights,
2: and everyone else is a poser. Ooh, well, before you get to your thing, I loved Michael B. Jordan ever since parenthood. Okay. Okay. On. Joe, when did you love Michael B. <laughs> yeah, Jordan? We're going way back, huh? Nah, I don't go that
0: far back with Michael right. B. Jordan. Sorry, Michael. We'll come back to you. (laughs) Um, But while yes, he is like, I need a trainer. And so there is, I I can agree there's like a weird juxtaposition where it's like, oh, he thinks he's the best, but is also willing to get trained. But I think it's more so from a position of like, if I want to fight professionally, I need a trainer. So I need this dude to sign me on as his boxer just so I can start boxing for money. Not necessarily because I need a trainer.
2: Oh, I see. Like, he needed, like, a certification type of thing. Yeah. Okay.
0: Which I, I could I'm not saying that's definitely the point, but, I like, you know.
1: I also think it's that's the difference between the mid-1980s and 2018. Back then, that's they didn't look at training. They didn't work out. They didn't eat right. Mm-hmm. So I I think that's just a normal thing. You become a boxer or a fighter, you know,
0: whatever it is, and... That's your go-to. Okay, I have to go train somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. I mean, um, in Rocky Five, the boxing commission gives Rocky a license at the age of, like, 55. And they're like, well, yeah, th- that's what you do. You're Rocky. <laughs> but in this one, I, I feel like in the Creed world, now that we're, like, modern day, if we get a Creed movie when Michael B. Jordan's in his 50s, they'd be like, no, are you serious? No, you can't box. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um. I thought it was really interesting. In Creed 2, we have Creed versus Drago, like these two big names. They're like basically fighting their father's fight. Um, Rocky tells Creed before their first fight, he's like, this guy has nothing to lose, and when someone has nothing to lose, they're dangerous. But I feel like the movie kind of flips that position because during the movie, Creed has a baby. He gets engaged to Tessa Thompson. Um, the goal. The goal. And so he starts getting more and more responsibility and like things that he has to care about. And so I think that's what drives him to win the rematch where Drago, like I mentioned, his dad has just been breeding him his whole life to win this fight so that they can go back to Russia successful and they can get their their mom his Drago's mom leaves him because his dad loses the fight so he's like trying to win his mother's affection and like win back his dad's affection but Drago starts to lose like late in the fight and his mom leaves the arena and so he's like well shit, my dad hates me, my mom isn't even here if I win, so, like, what's the point? And he has nothing to win for, so, like, he loses all motivation.
2: Right, and I thought uh, the movie could have taken a different approach because we see Michael B. Jordan have this realization on his face. Like, he looks at Drago, looks at the empty seats, and you sort of see him connect the dots of, oh, man, this guy's got nothing to fight for anymore. And I feel like there could have been an opportunity there for him to throw in the towel Mm -hmm. and be like, I'm going to let you win right now, and maybe we can have a rematch later, but I need, like, I don't even care about this fight because I have so much more going on for me, whereas Mm -hmm. this is the only thing you have going on for you. I felt it was unnecessary to let Michael B. Jordan have a realization and then do nothing about it. He still beats Drago. (laughs) Yeah. I get that, but also the competitiveness of sports. I
1: mm-hmm. think if you're a fighter and you see that, it's more of a killer instinct. And I think what happened is more realistic. You see that, you see that he's completely demoralized.
2: Now it's time to finish the fight. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. Um, and I would also say that Drago probably wouldn't accept it as a win if, if yeah. he throws yeah, in the definitely. towel.
0: Um, Similarly um, to what you were saying, Joe, of like this fighter instinct... One thing Alex and I were talking about when we got out of the movie is um, Rocky doesn't want to train Creed for this fight because he's like, No, this guy's dad killed your dad in the ring, and I should have thrown in the towel, so I'm not going to make that mistake again. Then, when Creed is fighting Drago, Rocky's like, Hey, do you want to quit? Do you want to throw in the towel? And Creed doesn't say anything, and Rocky's like, Yeah, I didn't think so. And we were like, no, Rocky, you're doing it again. You're gonna. (laughs) But um, I can totally agree with your point of like, Rocky's a boxer too, and he understands. Obviously, Creed doesn't want to throw in the towel, so he kind of gets that, like, okay, this might be a bad idea, but I guess let's
2: roll these dice. And it was just upsetting that Rocky never learns his lesson. (laughs) The lesson that he consistently claims he knows is I should know when to throw in the towel. And then he never does For in Creed 1, in Creed 2, in any of the Rockies after 4. He doesn't throw in the towel. So this idea of no one to give up or at least no one to cut your losses and overcome the obstacle later, completely ignored. <laughs> so he doesn't learn a lesson. <laughs> I think it's realistic though. Mm-hmm. I, I guess realistic. The
1: sad part is in that competitive sports nature, I think that's what would happen you know obviously this is a bit exaggerated cuz it's a movie mm-hmm. so you don't have an MMA or boxing someone just you know completely <laughs>
0: unprotected just getting wailed on right so
1: you don't have these
0: scenarios but yeah that's uh that's something i think about when watching like these movies where i'm like why is there no TK- tkos like why is the yeah. ref never stopping the fight when <laughs> someone's like clearly losing <laughs> um but i think that kind of goes back to our point from before about like this is a sports movie you're here to watch a boxing match mm-hmm. so like yeah maybe it's a bit exaggerated like you said joe but like that's what that's what i paid 12 dollars to go see <laughs> yeah
1: but a perfect example uh concussions in football mm-hmm. those guys they try to fake you know that they're okay to get back mm-hmm. in the game yeah kind of the same concept i mean they're doing it to themselves versus a trainer but
2: no i definitely get it i I just have never had that competitive edge where yeah. I'm willing to sacrifice like physical Oh oh, tiny bit because I, I do run and so like I do experience uh, the first the first 10k I ran in college my nipples were chafing the whole time <laughs> so you know a little bit about... so I know a little bit about pain <laughs> You're pretty much on par with yeah. Apollo Creed <laughs> I uh, at the end of the race threw up and was bleeding from the nipples so I know well, what perseverance is. I was going to
0: ask if um, runners have cut men like boxers do, where when your nipples start chafing, if they just cut your nipples off. <laughs> Did they not have the it? <laughs> yeah, cut the shirt off. <laughs> That's better. <laughs> That's a better idea. Yeah. All I'm saying is that Michael B. Jordan is here, and I'm right there with him. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, Alex, I think your like, personal... Running experience is a good transition into our topic of New Year's resolutions Okay, so well, this will be the first New Year's of my new gym, but
1: like I said, I've trained and managed plenty of other gyms and Right around that it's usually that first Monday after New Year's So it's not necessarily New Year's Day or the day after it's always the first Monday because a Lot of people's minds you have to start your workout routine your nutrition plan whatever it is on a Monday Diet if start on Monday. Yeah, yeah it's, it's Wednesday, it. and you know you didn't do it Monday and Tuesday, you can't do it Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, right. Sunday. You know, so <laughs> I agree that, with that <laughs> mentality though. I, I, <laughs> yeah. That first Monday after New Year's, it's like the floodgates just open. Mm-hmm. You you know you've got all these people coming in signing up. You know, some have realistic goals, some have unrealistic goals, some just want to get in there and just get their feet wet, um, and it's kind of a general notion. January 1st through the end of March is kind of like that. You know how retail they have, like that Black Friday to Christmas Day type of? Mm-hmm. You kind of get that January, February, March. Because also February, you have all those uh, holidays where people have Mondays off. Oh, true. So those are actually like secret little busy gym days. Yeah. I hadn't
2: thought of that. And so in that sense, like you see so you see a lot of people sort of dwindle out usually over the course of those months um what's the difference between the people who stick to it and versus like the people who end up leaving and not coming back as far as like percentages or you mean physical um, like what like what do you see in them cuz you're a personal trainer as right. well so if when you're talking with people how do you Do you differentiate the type of, I guess, customer or client that you have that, like, you can tell, oh, this person's going to make it through the year versus, okay, I'm not going to see you by March? I'd say two big things. One is
1: what their goal is, if it's realistic or unrealistic, you know, obviously that's going to play a huge role because if they're unsuccessful, then they're going to quit the gym, Mm -hmm. you know, if they go from sitting on the couch all day to I want to work out, five days a week, you know, eat no carbs when they're eating McDonald's every day, probably not going to happen. But if they say, you know what, I want to go maybe 45 minutes a day, three times a week and maybe eat two healthy meals a day, you know, and kind of let the rest go. Or, you know, some people do no carbs after 6 p.m. type thing, a little more realistic. So that's one aspect. And like I said, the people who have realistic goals, they'll do way better. And you can, like I said, you can see that. Um, the other thing is the reason that you're doing, they're doing it. You know, if they don't really have a good reason or it's kind of a phony reason, mm-hmm. again, a lot harder to maintain. Because you kind of lose that gung-ho feeling. You know, maybe the first week is awesome. You know, if somebody says, I want to be a professional fighter or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> probably not going to happen, you know. <laughs> and after two weeks, they say, yeah, I'm going to... Just stick with my day job and and they kind of fall off.
2: Yeah, I've definitely heard um, a lot of um, and read a lot of research of like one realistic goals, but also are your goals aligned with what you actually want? And so I do, that's that makes sense that those two are the biggest factors that you see. Because if my goal is to get stronger, um, I guess that could work for a little while. But if my goal is... Is like to have the fitness to like play with my grandchildren then I'm gonna be much more vo- motivated exactly. to like finish mm-hmm. the job yeah it's a much more um,
0: tangible and like definable thing um, the no- we looked it up the number one New Year's resolution across the board is always lose weight and so when you're just like yeah I want to lose weight I want to be skinny mm-hmm. It's really easy to be like, well, I've been doing this for two weeks and I'm not skinny yet. Um, But if you're just like, I just want to live healthier and like eat better and like try to get to the gym when I can, that's a much easier thing to maintain. And then by virtue of you doing that,
2: like you'll tend to reach your intended weight loss goal. Right. Um, When I was uh, working at a private school, I had a lot of free time. Uh, With the kids, because I would have to teach uh, a group of kids um, math, social studies, and religion. And, like, when I was done with certain activities, I'd have them for a pretty long time. So we would often do, like, peer resolution activities as well as, as, like, goal-setting activities. And right around New Year's, we created those, like, terrible, like as in you can tear them, not mm-hmm. like bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the terrible like posters. Um, so like missing dog, call this number type of thing, and you rip it. And we would, what we would do is we would set a goal on the poster, draw it, and then the tears would be like if you messed up. And mm-hmm. so you'd give yourself this many chances over the course of whatever that you're allowed to mess up but still be committed to your New Year's resolution. I hear a lot of people give up on new year's resolutions because they didn't make their goal for one week and so they're like well i guess i'm done wait till next year rather than all right that was a hard week it didn't really work out the way i wanted it to but now i'm gonna try again next week Mm -hmm. and i find that interesting that like if someone's on a diet and then they eat a brownie they're like well there goes my diet and then Mm -hmm. i've
0: definitely had that um when i'm trying to like eat better if i have Maybe like pizza for lunch. And I'll just be like, I guess I'm not eating healthy today. And just like give up rather than being like, okay, this is my one not
2: healthy meal for the day. Yeah. But it can definitely be a lot bigger. People are like, oh, oh yeah. Oh, I ate yep. pizza today. I guess I'll try again Monday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, what I
1: always tell people one meal or one workout does not make or break you. So if mm-hmm. you eat horrible and don't work out, and you go and do one killer workout for 3 hours, the best workout ever that doesn't really do much for you. Mm-hmm. If you work out for, you know, 30 minutes or 60 minutes at a moderate pace, you know, 4 or 5 times a week for a few months, you're going to get a lot more out of that than that once a month 3-hour workout. Right. And same thing. If you're, you know, on a general healthy lifestyle, you're eating moderately, you're working out moderately, you have a cheat meal, that's not going to knock you you know off your horse it's not gonna make you gain 10 pounds that one meal
2: right and you i mean you look at the stock market and people are always Mm -hmm. like oh it goes up and down up and down but over the course of 12 years you do see steady increase so you're gonna see an increase in health if you commit to a long enough period of whatever your resolution is so when people within two weeks are like i'm not seeing results Maybe you aren't, because maybe it's only been two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I wanted to get into a couple of main reasons why people break their New Year's resolutions and see what we can do about those reasons to see if they're, uh, I guess, like fixable in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, so one thing that we see a lot of is that people are making too many resolutions.
1: Yeah, uh, the whole New New Year, New Me type of thing. Uh, Instead of just slowly working on it, um, you know, like the cliche saying life is a marathon, not a sprint. It's kind of the same, deal whether you're talking about health, fitness, you know, anything that goes with those whole New Year's resolution things. um, You can't do everything at once, you know. Mm -hmm. Like I said, you can't maintain seven days a week working out. You can't, you know, eat no carbs and, you know, get 10 hours of sleep every day and go to church every, you know, it's just, it's not realistic.
2: Yeah, it doesn't work because you're you're learning new habits. Yeah. And, so, and you're also breaking bad habits. Like, the more things you have to learn, obviously, it's going to be more difficult. And the more difficult it is, the more likely you are to give up on it.
0: Yeah, I think people are just, like, emboldened by the year-ending thing, and they get this, like, gung-ho energy. So, like you guys have been saying, rather than realizing they have the whole point is they have the whole year to do these things they're like i need to just start life completely over from scratch (laughs) basically rather than okay from january to february i'm gonna try to smoke less and then from february to march i'm gonna try to read more and then you know
2: from there just tackle these Kinds of goals. Right. And I read also that like New Year's resolutions will not allow you to make complete character changes. Mm-hmm. Like you won't change an entire characteristic that you have. The only thing you can do is work on behaviors. And those behaviors can lead to character changes, but you really have to focus on the behavior itself in order for it to be obtainable and in order for you to be able to see the difference. Like, I can't tell if I'm a happier person. That can't be a New Year's resolution. (laughs) But I can look up, like, what makes people happy, figure out what makes me happy, and do that more often. And that's an observable thing that I can keep count of. I
1: think people encounter small failures with all these resolutions. And they count it as a failure, even though it's really not. It's just a hiccup. But, you know, it's kind of the view of it. People see it as a failure, and now they're done. Yeah,
0: Yeah, it's like the large scale version of the diet starting on Monday. It's like, oh, I smoked a pack of cigarettes today, even though I said I wasn't gonna.
2: I guess I'll wait till next year to quit smoking. (laughs) Um, And it's definitely, I mean, more likely than not, it becomes like a slippery slope, Mm -hmm. which we've all we've talked about a little bit of, oh, I had a cheat meal, so I guess I'll have a cheat day. And then you might get back into it a little bit. But then you have another cheat meal because, well, the last cheat meal didn't really hurt me too much. And then you have another cheat day. And then it becomes like a cheat weekend. And then you sort of stop thinking about them as cheat days at all. And it's just you're you're accidentally going back to your old lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've also found that it's important to identify these goals and align them with what you want and if it turns out that it wasn't successfully aligned with what you want, it is okay to abandon a resolution and be like, well, this turns out this resolution wasn't as important to me as I thought. Let me find a new one. But the important part is let me find a new one as well. Mm -hmm. But you shouldn't stick to a resolution just because you made it, even though you found out that, wow, this actually isn't important to me. Mm -hmm. So this phenomenon we've kind of been talking about where um,
0: people think that you can just dive right in and immediately change everything about your life. has a name called False Hope Syndrome. And so it's basically like what we mentioned before. You know, it's the start of the year, and everyone's like, yes, I'm going to make the right choices, and I'm going to get cut, and I'm going to be heavyweight champion, and I'm going to avenge my father's death in the ring, and I'm going to defeat communism.
2: But All obtainable goals.
0: All (laughs) obtainable goals. And then... When it's much harder to do all those things because you're not Rocky Balboa or Adonis Creed, it's a you get discouraged and you fall off the wagon because you're like, "Well, I've been training, I've been learning how to box for two weeks now, and I haven't beat anybody. I'm not the best boxer in the world after two and a half weeks of training, so I'm just gonna give up."
2: I'll definitely say like boxing is always something that I've been, like, tempted to get into. Um, But I'm terrified of getting into a ring. So I'd rather, like, just learn the training of boxing and, Mm -hmm. like, just get fit, like, in that sense and never step into a ring. Um, But this, like, again, you just want your goals to align with what you want. So, like, my goal shouldn't be... I want to become a boxer because I don't. (laughs) But I do want to learn the techniques of boxing and so I need to come up with some goal that aligns better with that. Right. And then that will help
0: you fight this feeling of feeling
2: overwhelmed.
0: Because if you're like, okay, I just want to learn how to box. I don't want to learn how to be a boxer. I don't necessarily need to knock someone out or get the points to win. You won't feel pressure To meet this end goal or deadline or anything, you'll just say, "Okay, I want to learn the technique." That's a much more tangible and measurable thing to do, and that'll help. That'll help keep you from dropping that.
2: Yeah, yeah. It makes sure that I don't get overwhelmed and I don't get disappointed. Mm -hmm. The the higher the goal or the larger the goal, the easier it is to break when you're like, "Well, I'm not making it." Mm -hmm. I think a lot of it is a mindset. kind of go back
1: to when i was talking about small failures it's just the way that people view a new year's resolution or really any goal how they get so gung-ho and they just want to go 100 miles an hour and just knock it out you know first thing rather than kind of stretch things out be more realistic and uh that's what people run into so like you said they want to be heavyweight champ of the world Mm -hmm. when they don't even know how to wrap their hands yeah
2: (laughs) Yeah, and like uh, in school, we talk a lot about a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset. And a lot of us are trapped in this fixed mindset of we're either smart or we're not smart. We're either good at something or we're bad at something. And so our New Year's resolutions sometimes don't align because we think we'll just magically be go from bad to good. And we'll Mm -hmm. just think like it's either I'm good or I'm bad at it. So I'm going to find out right now. And they don't have this growth mindset of failures lead to success. Like you need to be really bad at something in order to be bad at it. You need to be bad at something in order to be average at it. You need to be average at something in order to be all right at it. So on and so forth. And this mentality of I'm bad right now. So next week I'll be good. It doesn't work.
1: (laughs) I think educating yourself on whatever the task is. I think that's big. You know, mm-hmm. Be organized so that way you have steps, kind of get an idea of what you're getting yourself into. I think that's another thing. You know, Going back to fitness, people don't realize if they're gonna go on a diet plan, how strict this diet plan may be or how intense these workouts are. So if people go and do the research and get educated on whatever that thing is, they'll, they should get a better understanding, say, oh, that might take me six months. You know, or, oh, I don't think I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> Let me reduce my goal a little bit. Let me, you know, only
2: go to the gym twice a week rather than seven days a week. Things right. Like that. And it's mm-hmm. especially unreasonable to be like, I'm going to go to the gym seven days a week when you know your schedule is booked. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just like, oh, you didn't even take the time to think about when you're going to go to the gym or the fact that it's going to cut into your time doing this or doing that. So Joe, you just um, brought up dieting, Um, and
0: doing research for this episode, there's a lot of stuff on the internet saying that basically, dieting doesn't work particularly long term, because basically, your body can't tell that you're dieting. All your body knows is, we're not getting enough food, and so it'll slow down your metabolism to make sure that you're holding on to all those calories. So in the long-term dieting will actually have the opposite effect. Um, and we see this with like the keto diet. Um, that is not supposed to be a long-term diet. That is supposed to be like a rearrange your metabolism sort of thing. So then when you're on a more reasonable diet, your body isn't holding on to everything. Um, and just what, like what you said with like people should look into what they're getting into, especially now with the internet. I think it's so important to research this sort of stuff before you actually you know make a commitment like that
2: right and for the sake of vocabulary we're we're saying like um changing your diet does uh result in like a healthier lifestyle dieting is what we're criticizing yeah i wasn't saying like
0: uh, oh, eating fruits and vegetables <laughs> and, and fresh food get out
1: of here <laughs> Right. So your body goes into survival mode basically. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it it values fat more than it values muscle. So it's going to store the fat, it's going to eat the muscle first. So again, dieting like you said, not really good in the long run. Mm-hmm. But changing your diet, great idea for everyone. Right. So it's you know, the small things, don't go crazy, don't overdo it. You know, even if you're counting calories, that's the type of thing you don't do that long term. You know, eat smart. That's really you know, just
2: eat healthy foods. Mm-hmm. Pretty much that simple. Yeah. Um. A big part, um, that I want to get into is let's let's fix all of these roadblocks that we keep hitting. Let's overcome them by talking about how to create good New Year's resolutions, or at least um, New Year's resolutions that we can stick to. Um, one thing that I've heard a lot is rather than making a negative New Year's resolution, as in getting rid of something, you wanna make a positive New Year's resolution, as in adding something to. Um, So in terms of dieting or changing your diet, eat more broccoli would be a more productive resolution than eat less fast food. Although technically both will help you, one is gonna help you more in the long run because you have this mentality of, oh, eating more broccoli, is preventing me from getting more fast food. Mm-hmm. And that
0: I feel is um again going back to this false hope syndrome or feeling overwhelmed, that's easier to be like, oh, I ate fast food today. I guess I'm just going to eat fast food for the rest of the week. Whereas like, oh, I didn't eat as much broccoli as I planned to add to my diet today. I guess I'll just have more broccoli tomorrow. It's mm-hmm. like a much more manageable goal
2: <laughs> yeah and even on the same day like i ate fast food today now i definitely have to eat broccoli today like yeah like, like double double down on the fact that you're still adding something to your diet mm-hmm. don't compound the problem basically mm-hmm.
0: yeah
2: right um so for a lot of us uh education folk and um people who work in sales as well they learn an acronym um usually called SMART, and the acronym applies with uh, New Year's resolutions as well. So the S stands for specific, Uh, M is for measurable, it needs to be achievable, it needs to be realistic, and it needs to be time-bound. So not all resolutions should be by 2020 blank. Some of them are by February, I wanna do this. And then once you hit that marker, you go, okay, now by uh, August, I want to accomplish this and so on and so forth. Well, with fitness, so the health and nutrition,
1: all that stuff, we generally go with short term and long term goals for people. Mm-hmm. You know, we find that that's the best way to really achieve things because it's the whole sense of failure is what makes them fail. <laughs> Before they have actually failed, they think they fail mm-hmm. and causing them to quit or actually fail. So if you give them short-term goals or if you come up with your own short-term goals and each time you hit one of those, you can even reward yourself also. That's another thing, mm-hmm. especially if you're doing some sort of nutritional diet thing. You know, like I said, one meal has never made or broke anybody. So if you eat healthy for, you know, the whole week, at the end of the week, give yourself a cheat meal or a whole month, you know, whatever that goal is for you. Mm-hmm. So definitely short-term and long-term goals, so that way you kind of see things in the longevity. You kind of have you know your eyes down the road, saying, "All right, that's where I want to get, but this is what's going to help me get there." Like you kind of said, maybe February, and you have another one come up
0: August. Yeah, like taking some of these big, broad ideas and breaking them down into the short-term goals. I think is I think is the best way to not drop a resolution, like you said, Joe. Just making these small much
2: more manageable goals that would build into your long-term goal. Right. Um, I've also heard, and I've done this myself, is you want to accomplish a goal, you want to make a resolution, tell people about it. And that's going to create two things for you. It's going to create uh, this mentality of, well, now that they know, I got to save face and I got to demonstrate that I'm committed to what I'm saying. Uh, But the second aspect is the more people you tell, the more help you are going to get for that goal. If you're trying to quit smoking and your peers smoke, then maybe they'll stop smoking around you like as a as a favor to you. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're trying to consume less alcohol, um, maybe people will have like people will start thinking about like more ideas for dry parties or other aspects of our lives that we can focus on that don't need to involve alcohol. And it creates a sense of a community, which also goes into this idea of being able to make team resolutions. So as a group, let's decide that we're gonna do this more. As a group, let's read more. As a group, whatever. And it's easier to accomplish because you're holding yourselves accountable, each other accountable, and you reward each other together. In that same sense of a cheat day, you're when you celebrate with one other person, it feels a million times better than when you're celebrating by yourself.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, if you think about like take my gym, for example, you're a member. We do group training. It's the same concept. You're there with a group of people. So you're all being tortured together. <laughs> you all can kind of, you know, look to each other for, you know, kind of that. I, I don't know. Like social yeah the community aspect of this isn't so bad because we're all doing it. right mm-hmm. i would say for me personally preparation and planning i think are two big things you know that's my personal take on things i'm a very organized person so i think if you took the time again like i was saying about research and education if you prepare like you said if you want to go to the gym seven days a week but your work schedule doesn't allow that well you've already failed before you even started mm-hmm. right So if you say, okay, well, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I go in in the morning so I can work out in the afternoon, so let me schedule that. You know, if you get an actual planner to do your planning, right, write it down, you know, or if you have a calendar on your wall or something like that, a constant reminder because same thing, if you know, you're not going to remember everything, so write things down,
2: have reminders, hold you accountable, also reminds you. Mm Mm-hmm. Um. So I, I definitely want to get into what are our New Year's resolutions. I want to sort of explain to you what my goals are and maybe you guys can help me make them smart goals. How does that sound? Yeah. Awesome. Let's do it. Awesome. Thanks, you guys. <laughs> um. So I have a couple. Every year Um. I try to address a social health issue that I have an emotional health issue that I have and a physical issue, uh, a physical health issue and see if I can address that. Um, So for my emotional health, I want to reduce the amount of social media consumption um, that I experience. But I also know that that's a negative New Year's resolution. Um, So I want to switch that to a positive. So, So how can I do that? So um, I guess you would want to maybe replace the time that
0: you would spend on social media with something else that you've been meaning to do. So maybe like if you're more interested in like reading for fun, you can say, okay, rather than spend 30 minutes on Twitter, I'll spend five and then I'll spend 25 minutes reading. Whoa. So do you know how much
2: time you spend on social media? No. No. Uh, so you, you, you bring up a good point of, if I want to make this measurable, I should find out how much time I'm spending on social media. I definitely know that my phone tracks that because mm-hmm. at the end of the week, it tells me like how much I use this, that, and the other thing. Um, so I should probably look at that before I set my goals or at least while I'm setting my goals. If I want to reduce something, I should find out how much I'm doing it for.
0: Right.
1: Also, do you know the specific times? Is it when you're at work or because you're
2: bored? Do you know well? um, yeah. So, So one aspect, the reason I want to tackle this emotional health aspect is when social media just, it takes up a lot of my time. A big part of my time that it takes up is once I go to bed. When I go to bed, that's when I start mm-hmm. catching up on things and it reduces the amount of sleep that I get. So I know that if I address this emotional part of it, I'll also be hitting my physical health goal, which is sleeping more.
1: Well, I think that that can help you figure out what to do in place of it. If, you know, like I said, if you were doing it while you're at work, well, there's probably some papers you could be grading. Like you said, you do it at night when you're trying to go to sleep. So maybe you should have, you know, 11 o'clock or 10 o'clock, whatever it is, set a time. Say, you know, I don't want any social media, you know,
2: not on my phone, TV's off, whatever it is. Mm. So, mm-hmm. like, basically give myself a, a curfew for when I use social media, hitting those times where I use it the most.
1: Right. But you would also have to replace that, like we were saying earlier, have something in place, read a book.
2: Yeah. I definitely am interested in reading more. Um, so do you guys want to start a book club? or? Uh... Yeah. All right.
0: Let's replace this podcast with a book club.
2: <laughs> <laughs> You really don't want to be here, do you, <laughs> <laughs>
0: I've just been standing for so long.
2: Um. But yeah, no, I definitely... That gives me a lot to think about. I appreciate it. Thank you, you guys. Anytime. Uh, <laughs> anytime? Because yeah. last time I called you at 3 in the morning, you said, why are you calling me at 3 in the morning? Well, that wasn't
0: right around the new year. Um, you shouldn't be making a New Year's resolution then.
2: You're right. Oh, uh, you're always keeping me grounded, Joe. Yeah. And you should be sleeping to help yeah. with your New Year's <laughs> resolution. Yeah. You're welcome. But you told me that I shouldn't be addressing <laughs> my New Year's resolution that early. Which is it? <laughs> oh, I have a phone call to make. <laughs> I'll be... uh, but yeah, uh, what? Are... so either of you, New Year's resolution, let's go.
0: Um, so mine, we've kind of been talking about throughout the whole episode. Um, I'd like to eat healthier, um, especially... While I was taking finals and stuff, I was eating a lot of, like, fast food, and not eating regularly. Like, I wouldn't eat until maybe, like, 7 or 8 at night, and then I would eat, like, a whole fast food meal. And that would be, like, the one thing that I ate that day. So definitely, like, better eating habits is what I'm looking to do. But I don't know where to start. (laughs)
1: Maybe uh, first you should see a dietician or a personal trainer sit down Mm -hmm. with someone someone who does that for a living so you don't have to make those decisions. Oh, perfect.
2: I think I know a guy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'll definitely say it sounds weird, but going back to scheduling meals um, can be very beneficial if you know that your life is uh, really busy or if you know that when it's not busy enough, you forget about certain things. Like for me... The more busy I am, the more likely I'm to schedule in things that are important. And then, when I'm not busy at all and I have nothing to do, I always procrastinate things. And so, and sometimes that's even meals. Mm-hmm. Um, so scheduling yourself, definitely. Yeah. Um, and then we have talked about this, but adding things to your diet rather than taking things away.
0: Yeah, when you said that broccoli thing i was like oh that's better than saying no more fast food rather spin it as more home-cooked like green meals
2: right and even as simple as if you have to buy your meals like if you're so busy because it was finals week be committed to finding a place that has more healthy options
0: yeah
1: you know I, i would say from the fitness aspect you want to set yourself up for success. So like Alex said, find, find the places that are going to have meals that, you know, fit in with what you're looking to do. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you this. If you're hungry, everything's out the window. <laughs> so <laughs> make sure you have food, you know, or if you're going out to eat, you know, the places. Um, so don't let yourself come home, be hungry, and not have food cooked or that you can cook. Um, so it's just the whole preparation thing. You know, like Alex said, schedule out your meals. So if you know you're having five meals a day, make sure you're going to the grocery store. You know, you're prepping your meals. That's a big thing. You'll prep, you know, cook for the day or cook one meal, you know, dinner for the whole week, whatever it is. However you want to break down yours. Then when you have food cooked, go buy more food. Mm-hmm. So that way when you eat all your food and you get really hungry and you're getting cravings, whatever it is, boom. You've got food in the fridge or whatever, you can cook something up, and you're not starving, and you don't just say, okay, I'm going to eat the first thing I see. Because that's a big problem that people have, Mm -hmm. is the whole convenience factor. You know, they have no food in the fridge, well, McDonald's is half a mile before the grocery store, and I can get
2: there, eat my meal before I'd even be home with the groceries. Mm -hmm. Right, and it's decently cheap, and I think that's a big problem... Just in our society of the cheaper the meal the more likely we are going to want it and that's usually garbage food <laughs> mm. yep but yeah that's that's a great yeah. point of plan when you are not at the point of whatever your goal is so like yeah. if my goal is to eat healthier i shouldn't be planning while i'm hungry because that's yeah. going to distract me that's something i haven't thought of
0: yeah Thank you, guys. I think I'm ready to take on 2019. <laughs> All right, so
1: I don't normally do New Year's resolutions. My personal opinion on resolutions, I think they're somewhat flawed. Um, I do think making changes are good, um, but having something set out to either be you know, short sprint of I want to get in shape in two weeks or whatever it is, or even just one year, you have an entire life in front of you. You have an entire lifetime to get healthy, to get stronger, more mobility, eat better, get your cholesterol down. You don't have to, you know, do that by December 31st. Mm -hmm. So that's why I generally don't. I do, you know, make conscious efforts in the beginning of the year like everyone else does. Um, I kind of go along with the crowd. I usually, I'll go on a juice cleanse at the beginning of the year, first few days, just kind of refresh myself. I'll actually take the week off from the gym, which is the opposite Mm -hmm. of everyone else. Um, Like I said, really just to kind of cleanse myself, get away from the gym because unlike most people in America, I'm always in the gym. I'm in the gym all day, every day. So I actually need to kind of get away from there. It's mental, physical, emotional, it's a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. So I tend to do that the first week of January and then I can kind of hit it hard again um, and just kind of maintain. So this year I do have a resolution. Uh, It's for my business. And it's pretty much the opposite of yours, Alex. I need to be on social media more. So again, for my business, not for me personally, because I I don't really care too much about it, you know. Mm -hmm. But for my business, I need to post more on Facebook and Instagram, put up more videos, things like that. So what do you guys have for me? How can you help?
0: Well, uh, right away, I can say uh, you can tell our listeners where they can... Follow you, and uh, they can look you up Ooh, on social media. You'll games. probably well, get four I, new yeah. likes if you do that. All right, there we go. So
1: we are on Facebook, Rapid Fire Fitness. Uh, I'm also on Instagram. I think I'm just Rapid Fire Fitness. See, I don't even know so my That's handle. a great
2: place to start there. Yeah. So actually, Joe and I have been struggling with the same aspect of not enough content on social media for our podcast. Um, And so what we've done so far, and these are baby steps, is that we schedule days and topics for those days. And having
0: those on these days we post this definitely, I think, has helped us keep up with it.
2: On top of that, we also have started following other podcasts and seeing what they do. And that's sort of our research aspect of Mm -hmm. like, okay, this is how often they post. This is how many followers they have.
0: Maybe reach out to like your followers or like even some of your members and be like, what kind of posts would you be interested in if you were following a gym?
1: I think that's some good advice. So research, schedule. Yeah, Uh, for, for
2: Joe and me, we're definitely debating like it's not our forte. So at a certain point, we might make the decision to find a social media guru and someone who's actually going to be in charge of it because we need to work towards our strengths. And social media is inevitably important for our podcast. So we can't just drop it even though we're bad at it. So we might have to uh, outsource that issue. But that's down the line when we really care about the podcast you should already care about your gym. (laughs) (laughs) I do. I spend seven days a week there. I sleep there. Just kidding. No, I sleep there. (laughs) Yes, that's right. And so listeners, like, I think that was actually a great example of why it's important to tell your friends and your peers and whoever about your resolutions. Because we just workshopped through our resolutions in a way where we don't have them fleshed out, but now we all have a better idea of where to start. Um, and just because you're listening to this on December 31st or on January 1st or on January 5th, It's not too late to start a resolution. Get started on the research and give yourself a deadline for that research so that you can get started on that resolution.
0: That'll do it for this episode. Thank you all so much for listening. Please tune in next time when we talk about Big Mouth and puberty. If you liked us, find us on Twitter and Instagram at two underscore bald men and find us on Facebook. And don't forget to like and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. Thank you all so much again. And if you were driving, we hope you got to your destination safely and on time.